What do Beyonce and self-worth have to do with intimacy and your relationships? (laughs) Stay tuned to find out. But first... The Lady Parts Doctor podcast is a health podcast focusing on issues that affect women and those assigned female at birth. However, it is for everyone. Wait, what, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to stop right there. It is not for everyone. This is our safe place to talk about things that matter to you involving your spiritual, mental, and physical health. So this show, this episode, but this show is for you. It's not medical advice, it's medical information. We talk and I give you the evidence with a little of my personal and professional experience sprinkled in. So sit back, relax, grab your water, coffee, tea, wine. You know I have my thermos and let's go. Hello and welcome to the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. I am Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor, and I am so happy that you are joining me today. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, but wait, you want to know what that new intro was all about? I have been saying, because this is how the intro has always been, Lady Parts Doctor is inclusive, but... I need to explicitly state that Lady Parts Doctor was born out of a need to also address the concerns, to center the concerns and needs of Black women in obstetrics and gynecology and Black women in healthcare. If you didn't already pick up on it, we talk about health disparities, especially as they relate to Black women and women of color. So when I say this show is for everyone, I want it to be known that this show is for black women. This show is for women of color. And because black women and women of color, you know, we often do not feel seen and heard in the medical space, but that is also a very common feeling among women. So I am inviting everyone to come and listen, for all the women to come and listen, because this is a place where I want us to talk about women's issues, but I also want my women of color to feel seen and to feel heard and to know that this is a safe place for them to listen and just relax and know that they are going to get information for them. You are going to get information for you. So I just had to put that out there. (laughs) You know, it's Black History Month. And on that note, every episode this month, and, you know, probably more episodes than even this month, because I I don't like just celebrating Black history during Black History Month, during the month of February. And today I'm honoring the contributions of Dr. Helen Octavia Dickens. If you don't know who she is, she is the first African-American woman to be board certified in obstetrics and gynecology in 1945. Dr. Dickens was a pioneer in addressing teenage pregnancy and founded one of the first centers in the United States focusing on teen sexual health. But wait, there's more. She lived from 1909 to 2001, and her contributions have really left a mark on the field. She was born in Dayton, Ohio, and she overcame all of the obstacles posed by racial and gender discrimination to become this pioneering figure in medicine. And her career is a testament to her resilience, her intellect, and her unwavering commitment to improving 
women's health care. She was the daughter of Charles Warren Dickens, a former slave, and Daisy Jane Dickens, a seamstress. She graduated from the University of Illinois College of Medicine in 1934, a time where few women and even fewer African-American women were able to pursue medical degrees. Like, you're telling me you're having a hard time finding a Black OBGYN now? Can you imagine? So I just wanted to take a moment to honor the contributions of Dr. Dickens because without her, myself and many of the women in obstetrics and gynecology that you know and love might not be here. Now, let's transition into the episode for today. Well, not today yet because we'll mention the last episode. So on the last episode, I had the chance to sit down with clinical psychologist and now new author, Dr. Nikki Pinsack, and we talked about matrescence, that transition into motherhood, and it's always a great conversation. I know I talk about it pretty often, but I am a mom. You know, my my youngest child isn't even a year and a half yet, so I'm very close to that transition, and I know that a lot of you are too, and it's just a great time to talk about it because we often focus on what we can see, right? What we can see are the changes in our body, but matrescence is about the changes that occur in your brain to accommodate motherhood. So, so interesting. It was a great conversation. And you have to check out her book, Rattled, which you can pre-order now and will be out soon. Today, I get to have another special guest on the show. We've been doing a lot of interviews lately, and I just... I love adding in more expertise. I know you get, you, you've been hearing me talk. You're used to hearing me talk all the time, but I love having people come in and switch it up and provide additional expertise. Now, I always said I would never give relationship advice on the show, and I'm not doing that today, but I am pulling in an expert, a relationship expert, and she's going to give her advice <laughs> and her recommendations and really more than advice and recommendations, she's giving her insight. And that's what I want you to have. This is an incredibly entertaining, informative, and educational episode. And this is just part one. We spoke for about an hour. And because I want to keep it consumable, easy for you to consume, you know, in your commute, for example, I like to keep it around 30 minutes. I'm breaking this down into two separate episodes. So we're going to have the first episode today, part one, and then I'm going to release the second part of our conversation in about two weeks, because next week we are speaking with a cardiologist about women's heart health. So we have a lot of cool things coming up for the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. But today, today I am speaking with Dr. Kia James. Dr. Kia James is a licensed professional counselor, an adjunct professor, and a relationship therapist who specializes in helping people have the best relationships with themselves, okay? For the people in the back, have helping people have the best relationships with themselves so they can also have strong, healthy relationships with others. Dr. James completed her dissertation on body image perception Ethnic Identity and Self-Esteem, a study of African-American and Caucasian-American females, which has majorly influenced her work. Dr. James provides individual and couples counseling and also facilitates diversity training for therapists and teaches therapists how to deal with cultural diversity issues when working with couples. So I want you to just get comfortable, grab yourself like a nice, healthy little snack and get your water, whatever you need to stay hydrated. And we're going to get right into it. Let's go. 
Hello, and welcome to the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. I am Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor, and we have a special guest today. I am very excited because this is what you always ask. You have been asking me for this, and I have been holding out, but I'm not holding out anymore. We are welcoming to the show Dr. Kia James. She is a relationship therapist and coach, and we are talking about sex and intimacy because they go really well with OBGYN and women's health. Welcome to the show, Dr. James. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. And I have my list of questions today because I wanted to make sure that I asked all the things that everybody always asks me. But first, before we begin, can you just talk a little bit about as a relationship therapist and coach, what do you do? Like, what is your role in a relationship? So ultimately, I help people have the best relationships with themselves so they can spread the love. So it's really about making sure that you are showing up in a way that doesn't allow you to lose yourself in your relationship, that allows you to feel heard, allows you to communicate in a way that your partner can hear you so that y'all can feel the connection that's required to have the deep conversations and, you know, even the deep levels of intimacy that you want to have. Mm, I love that. I mean, I spend a lot of time with Lady Parts Doctor and with this women's health platform, um, making sure that people feel seen and heard, because mm-hmm. I think in in so many ways, you know, at least as far as healthcare is concerned, and especially being a Black woman, and I talk a lot about maternal health, and I'm often hearing people talk about situations like birth experiences, for example, where they felt like the doctor wasn't hearing them, the doctor wasn't seeing them, or they went to see their OBGYN and they didn't feel seen or heard. So it's interesting to hear you relate the same thing in our relationships, but yet it makes sense to me because if we're not feeling seen and heard in one area, what, you know, it it certainly could translate to another area of our life. So especially when we're interacting with people of the opposite sex or gender. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. definitely a huge turnoff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I love it's uh love the starting with the first and most relation uh, important relationship, the relationship with yourself. I actually just recorded a TikTok that I posted tonight, actually. Oh, we're live on TikTok. <laughs> Let me mention that for all of the podcast listeners, we are live on TikTok also. So if you hear me pausing and looking to see, okay, who is tuned in, who is joining the conversation, who has comments um, and questions that they want to ask our relationship coach and relationship therapist, you might hear me pause to say that. But I posted a TikTok tonight. Um, there was a woman, she made a post. I don't know if it was called Rejection Challenge. It's something like rejection therapy. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's an actual clinical term. Have you heard that before? I haven't. <laughs> okay. So her specific TikTok was how she made a um, point to go after things that she would typically be afraid of doing because she would be afraid of getting rejected. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so she just like, she applied to Harvard and she got waitlisted. She applied for jobs. She didn't think she was qualified for, and she got the job. She got job offers. And so she like listed all of these things. She, um, 
I think one, she was like, there were some guys that she didn't know, like on the side of the road eating. And she went up and was like, hey, can I eat with you? Like she just went out of her way to get rejected. And I've seen this. There's a book on a similar subject. A guy wrote a book about like, no, like he would ask people for money, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, just like just to get people to reject him and found that often people will do things when you ask. But anyway, in the particular post that I made, I looked as I was reading this, and this was a white woman, blonde haired, maybe she had blue eyes, white woman Mm -hmm. who had done this post. And I looked at my search and the search was rejection therapy, black women. And then I was like, well, why is that the search? (laughs) Like, it was interesting. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Let me not say anything else. What are your thoughts about that? So I am going to take a moment to explain what I was asking her with this. But my primary concern was... I looked and I thought, well, this is just a woman sharing her experience. What makes you then think that because you're a black woman, you would have a different experience? I mean, when I think about, I mean, what you're talking about as far as like asking you shall receive, many times people don't ask and that's why they don't get. Right. And so being able to open the door to like, just see for a sample, see if I can actually get what I want. Because the first barrier is yourself that you told yourself no. And therefore the answer is going to be no, because you're not going to ask, or you're going to feel real crazy when you do ask. So it's going to be real awkward. Um, I helped this person. They they felt like they couldn't have, I have people that feel like they can't have relationships. I feel people that, that feel like they can't have their life dream. It's like, so you're telling me you can't have it. Right. So let's just put it in, put steps in motion, step by step by step, right. To get to this point so that Mm -hmm. you can see that it's actually possible. And then once it's like, Oh, actually I can have it. Then is when they shift. But sometimes you got to put yourself in that position where you're like, let me just ask, let me just put myself out here and ask and see if, if I can, you know, get what I want. Right. You have to unpack that belief. Feeling, feeling, um, <laughs> you're like, okay, I can have the medium ugly guy, but I can't have the attractive one. So I'm gonna go ahead and settle for him. It's like, well, what are we, what are we wasting our time here for? Why are we talking to this dude that you really don't like? There is a possibility for you to have the other ones. They're like, well, no, and I don't want to mess up my opportunities. You know, no. What opportunities? Um, I'm so confused. They don't want to miss up the opportunity to have a partner. Oh, with so this particular they, person or just yes. in general? In ge- they don't feel like they, it's possible. Yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. feel like this is a fluke or this, you know, this is what I can have. Let me just take yeah. what I can get. Or they've been convinced that, you know, something like convinced that all men cheat. And so mm-hmm. let me just stay here. This is safe. At least I know what's going on. And yeah. it's like, no, a- absolutely not. So Let's you unpack the beliefs with them. Mm-hmm. I imagine like you help them get to the root of why is it that you believe this? And once you figure out what that specific belief is, that's keeping them from going after what they want, then you can build on it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm being all dramatic about it, but I will say it has taken me some years to the get to get to the point too, because there were several things that I wanted that I also didn't ask for. And someone who really helped me with that was my husband. Cause he's just like, I'm a ask. He has no <laughs> problem asking, but you know, I like, I was very much like always the good person, like the good daughter and did what was asked of me and then went beyond to also do what I assumed would be asked. And I just made all kinds of assumptions about 
things. Just thinking like I knew, but like you, you don't know. So anyway, it, you just love that part. The the things that you assumed that people wanted, like you go out and do, because that's, that's real life. That's what happens. And they ain't thinking about you. (laughs) (laughs) They will take it now. They will take it. they're not thinking about they're busy thinking about their own life and mm-hmm. they, and what they're either going to ask for <laughs> yeah or what they're gonna get but I love that you talk about the worth because I feel like at the basis of that is a lot a sense of worth and not just mm-hmm. how we think of what like how what our worth is to us but also how we measure our worth right so yeah. as a physician a lot if I found that I measured myself by my accomplishments and my achievements. And that makes you worthy when you're accomplishing and achieving. But when you feel like you're kind of steady state coasting, um, and not even coasting, but when you feel like like you're not necessarily working on something or having a win, we'll say, then you mm-hmm. don't feel as worthy, especially when you look at your colleagues and they're publishing this article or they're featured here or they're doing this. And I'm interested for you, like this was not one of my questions, but since we're talking about this, how, what other ways have you seen people assign worth or measure their worth that you're like, that's not, that is not an accurate measure of your worth? Well, you know, the, the biggest worth conversation right now that people are asking themselves, like, you know, what are you bringing to the table? And then it's like, well, what do I have? What is it that, um, am I actually good enough? Do I have enough to bring to the table? Like, you know, they're saying that because I have a degree that, you know, that's not what men want. And so I've done something wrong. So it's like they're measuring themselves against sometimes things that are like people's bodies on the internet. Mm, It's like, mm. well... Or, you know, this whole, I don't know if you heard of Kevin Samuels. I, girl, I was just about to say, I said, this sounds like some Kevin Samuels type stuff. <laughs> but yes, I am familiar with the late Kevin Samuels. So for those of you who don't know who Kevin Samuels is, because you might be like, what are they talking about? I'm reading this straight from Wikipedia, by the way. Kevin Samuels was an American internet personality and image consultant. He had a show, a popular YouTube live stream and Instagram live stream where he discussed modern society, gender issues, and relationships. And one thing that he was especially known for is women would call, Black women would call, and basically talk about all that they were bringing to the table to kind of get like a a rating or more information about what they needed to do to get a quote unquote high value man, a man that's making a certain amount of money, a professional, so on and so forth. And so he would kind of like, just kind of break them down about this is why you can't get this man that you want, or maybe this is why you can get that man. But I, more often than not, it was women calling in to hear about why they weren't good enough to get the kind of partner that they wanted to attract. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Um, this, um, there, there are terms that like, you know, I hear and, and I don't quite, because I, I never really listened to him and that's not, mm-hmm. if I was younger, I think, and like in that phase where I was still looking for a partner, I might know more 
You know, like when I was looking for a partner, that's I think when Steve Harvey came out with his Think Like a Man book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always someone out there. Why is he giving, I don't know why he's giving it relationship advice. But anyway, please continue, you were saying. <laughs> yeah, where his, you know, average at best. So you're like measuring yourself against other women because of okay. what he what he was sharing in his um I don't know if it was podcast clips, I don't whatever it is. But average at best. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're a five. People come on there like, oh maybe I'm a nine. How are you gonna be a nine? Like, you know, this whole but people internalize that. So they're watching right. stuff like that and then they don't feel like they're good enough. And then you know, that uh, pivots into their own relationships or even into seeking relationships. You know, it's, it's a whole thing. So, yeah, I, I think that people measure their their worth with people's bodies, with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and some or, of these things are just human nature, right? Like we're yeah. constantly comparing and looking to see how we measure up next to the, you know, next to the next person. But and comparison is of the thief of joy. So. Amen. Yes, it's mm-hmm. not helpful to us to compare. And what somebody is going to like that woman on the internet, and somebody's going to like you, it might not even be the same type of like you might not even want what that person wants, or yeah. you might not want what's attracted to that. Like, there's so many things to consider, and it's you know, comparing yourself to other people it just doesn't it doesn't work. You know, it's more about tapping into your authentic self and showing yeah. up yeah. authentically so that you can attract what is more suited for you. If you are enjoying this episode so far, and I know that you are, please take a moment to pause and go to whatever platform you are using to listen and leave a five-star review. It's reviews like yours that direct people, our people, so they know that we are having the conversations that they wanna have and they can join the conversation with us. And if you are feeling a little extra extra, go ahead and leave a comment that helps them know exactly what it is you enjoyed about the episode. All right, back to the show. Yeah, I mean, the body one is hard, especially like when, well, we're similar age. Like when we were growing up, you might see like some women on TV or like, I remember I used to love to turn to the Jet. You remember Jet Magazine always had the, um, mm-hmm. I can't remember, Jet Beauty of the Week, maybe. <laughs> maybe what it was called. But um, I mean, that was when, when I was like little, little. But growing up, we didn't have like social media like this. I think when Facebook came out, I was like 22, maybe. Um, And so we were like at the beginning of that. And we didn't have this like constantly seeing images of people who were fit and people who were in excellent shape. And nor did we have access to all the software and apps that people have to modify (laughs) and make their bodies look different than they are. I wouldn't even consider that, you know, when I was younger, like the modification, it wasn't even something that was a a thing. Look, I just wasn't going to put that picture on my space. (laughs) I have my curated pictures. I'm like, I can post this. I will not post that. But then also we didn't care as much. Like I remember I put all kinds of pictures on Facebook, like back in the day when that was what we had. And they weren't all pictures of me like looking great. But the whole point of this, what I'm saying is the comparison just wasn't that, like it was there, but I feel like it's, it was different. Yeah, I do think it was different it's because back then it was regular media like television and mm-hmm. and and magazines. 
And the other thing that um that I because my research actually my dissertation research is on body image satisfaction. Oh, tell me more. Um, we can talk about this. Yeah, so, yeah. A lot of images on the TV were white, number one. Mm-hmm. And then they had the stick figures that were what was desired. And yeah. so in order to, many women did not qualify to, right. to get that that figure. And there were people doing surgery back then. Um, I didn't know them. But <laughs> there were people that were doing surgery. And but things. they were getting like boob, like breast augmentation, boob jobs, like. Mm-hmm. But in other things, um, to make them to be like more like Tyra Banks body, okay, some more of the the slim like mm-hmm. model kind of um, oh, like figure. liposuction versus okay, mm-hmm. so but I, but I mean, what what I found is that for Black women, um, and the reason I did the research is because I grew up actually in a very diverse space, so either diverse okay. or predominantly white. And so when I was growing up, when I lived in the black spaces, I was like, these people feel super confident. Like, what is going on? And like, don't the they know people, what's going on? What what they're saying we're supposed to right, look like? Is, how they feel so good about themselves? Like, they got the big girls out here doing splits in the floor. I was like, okay, <laughs> like, this is what we're doing out here. And then uh, when I was in the other spaces, the people are dieting and like doing all the things that they to try to get this body that they would never get naturally. It's not like yeah. you have all these hips and stuff, honey. That's not coming. Yeah. And um, I used to, I told my husband when I was younger, I used to try to get the thigh gap. Oh, yeah. My thighs is too thick. We're not getting no gap. Like, this yeah. is not a thing. And you have to have wide. I think people don't. You have to have wide hips for that. Like, your hips have to be built different. Like, that's not that's not an aesthetic that everybody's even going to be able to to achieve safely. Just as an aside. Well, you, you couldn't have told me that because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> let me just let me turn my body in such a way. <laughs> doing these exercises and it just never it never works <laughs> oh my you're making my nose run <laughs> oh my laughing so i was like oh i have to edit that out of the video let me get in to what we actually are talking about okay. um i have my little list of questions so you're gonna see me referencing because i don't want to forget but can you tell me just in your experience, what are some common misunderstandings about intimacy in relationships that you often encounter in your practice? Like, how are people getting confused? Where are they being led astray? Um, well, I would say the number one thing is that you don't have to talk about intimacy at all, and you can just magically get what you want. But that's what um, I see in the movies. Right. And you better, that's going to only happen on the TV, okay? <laughs> because it's not happening. And then people are not even comfortable asking um, questions about intimacy or bringing intimacy in the, into the, the fold if, um, you know, they're, they're comfortable having sex but not talking about sex or they're com- comfortable, um, you know, if, if some level of affection is shown but they're not comfortable asking for any affection. So mm, there's mm-hmm. a whole disconnect about asking how you shall receive what you want. Right. And and there's taboo about asking and the assumption that the other person is supposed to do some level of initiation. Um, so then it's like the responsibility lies in the other person's hands and you never get what you want. So I would say that that's the biggest um 
biggest thing that comes up in terms of intimacy. Yeah. I mean, that you, you never see people talking about talking about intimacy, talking about these things like in on TV or like in the movies, for example, it's just like he walks up to you, puts his arms around your waist and automatically like knows what to do and what you want. And then like, you know, it's like the, also the same thing. And we're like your first, um, first sexual encounter is like awesome every time. And you just go off into the sunset and like these, that, that makes sense to me because we haven't constantly seen that. And I'm sure people don't hear, you know, you're not going to hear your parents talk about intimacy. So where would that really be demonstrated for you? Right. You know, the, the intimacy conversation is say no to sex. (laughs) That's, that's the conversation and that's it. (laughs) Right. Don't have it. Don't. And how many young adults, people 18 and older are coming back to have to revisit that conversation? Mm -hmm. Like nobody. And and then still many parents are like, no, no. (laughs) And where did you want your child to get this information? (laughs) And so you're still not gonna, yeah. That is not going to be helpful or fruitful for anybody. So we talked a little bit about worth, but can you just expand a little bit more on how self-worth affects mental health? And um, we talked about how it affects, actually, I feel like we talked about this already. So that question is kind of a moot point for me. But if you could give one superpower related to enhancing intimacy or self-love to every woman, what would that be and why? One superpower. I would say embrace yourself and your flaws. Because Mm. when I meet with women and they're so preoccupied with what's wrong, um, you know, my nose is too big or I'm not, I don't look good when I don't have on clothes. It's like, first of all, your nose probably sets you apart from many other people. Mm -hmm. And how do you (laughs) embrace that and feel good about it? And uh, I've had people transition to feeling more comfortable about whatever flaws they feel like existed or whatever body parts they're not as comfortable with. And then Mm -hmm. it transforms everything because now they're not preoccupied with themselves. Now they can actually be in the moment with the other person Mm -hmm. and find the things about them that are shining and great and they feel good about and just exude the confidence, which then, you know, confidence definitely attracts what you want. <laughs> yes. And um, helps you with intimacy and all the things. So, so you're basically giving them confidence as mm-hmm. the superpower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I like that. You're telling them, turn the lights on, keep the lights on and enjoy yourself. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that's the thing. When you're enjoying yourself, it brings out a part of you. That isn't there when you're you're overthinking and preoccupied and stressed like that all those creative and light parts of you disappear. And so when you're able to just be it's, you know, people like that and and it allows you to bring out, you know, the fullness of yourself. I love that. I mean, I think that and that is something that people might have at some point and then that kind of ebbs and flows, right? As we go through things, we become more um self-conscious about mm-hmm. our bodies. Especially I see that for women postpartum. 
you know, and because your body transforms, it goes through so much postpartum and then coming to terms with this new body, this new person that you are, um, cause things like aren't necessarily in the place that they used to be. <laughs> you got a little more of something, you got a little less of something else. So mm -hmm. just having confidence as a superpower, I think that's mm -hmm. a really good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, and you whole, and, yeah, and really after, you know, you have a child and just thinking about like, before I had a child, my stomach was flat and has never gone back. Like, what is that? And then, you know, the transformation of being okay with, you know, with that, like, how do you, I, th I think that when I had somebody that was able to like put clothes on me that looked good, and I was like, oh, mm. okay, I like this. Like, all right. Like, <laughs> it, it helped me to, to feel differently about that. Um, I don't think I'll ever be like I was before I had the children. It might happen, we never know. But I, you know, I'm not banking on that. But I'm good either way. And that's that's the whole thing. Just kind of get into that place where you're good regardless. Yeah. Um, and you don't let that stop you. Yeah. Because there's, you know, of course there's always gonna be some someone out there that has something worse than what you feel like you have, right? Um right. not to compare yourself, but just really being being focused on what can I do to make myself feel good today? How can I focus on me um, so that I can have what I want and live the way that I want to live and not be preoccupied and waste my time? Like how many minutes did you waste overthinking? Because <laughs> you're not getting that time back. You're triggering people right now. <laughs> They're feeling triggered. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I agree. And even, and I'm going to say this, like the um, C-section scars, mm, you know, for the people yeah. who have scars, whether it be what we call a fan and still, which is a C-section on your bikini line or mm -hmm. a midline vertical, like some people have incisions that go from their pubic bone up to their belly button and the scarring, this new change in their body also makes people feel different. And also the way your fat is deposited in your abdomen after a C-section is it, it changes and it changes the architecture um, and the curvature of your abdomen. And that's something that if you are not confident with, that's going to be really, really hard to adjust. I mean, I have a C-section scar. Um, it can be something that's really hard to adjust to. I, I like forget that I have mine now. I mean, I guess maybe I don't look at my belly that often, but, or my belly is just big enough to cover the scar. <laughs> Some combination. <laughs> Some combination of the two, but I do love, and I don't know, are you a Beyonce fan? I do like Beyonce. Okay. Did you go to the Not Renaissance? Yeah, but no. Did you go to the Renaissance store? I didn't. I only went to the movie theater when it came Okay. Out. Okay. So you, do you have the album? Mm-mm. Okay. But you know the songs? Kind of, totally. sort of. Okay. So there's a song, number two on the album, Cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go see the movie, but I did like, I did go see her, but there's, um, a line in the song cozy. And she says, dancing in the mirror, love my scars because I love what they made. Mm. And I love that. Cause she's had two C-sections. <clears throat> 
Yeah, she said two C-sections. So I just love that. I'm like, well, I already felt good about my body, but that's right, Beyonce. I love mm-hmm. my scar. I love what my scar made and I'm loving my body. So that kind of goes like this conversation kind of goes with my next question for you was what kind of daily practices would you recommend for someone to just kind of nourish their spirit and just help with a sense of self-worth? I would say... um when you get up in the morning, give yourself time to either like meditate, relax, um, really just reflect on what you're grateful for, reflect on what's good. I think that tapping into the positive really mm. helps to be able to to kind of like set the day for what it needs to be. Um, other things that I would say, movement, um, especially in the t- the times of you know, work from home and all this other business, like mm-hmm. take some time to get out. Um, the sun is really helpful <laughs> to to give you that energy boost that you might need. Uh-huh. And of, of course the movement does too. Um, the exercise or walking, strolling, uh, take some time to like listen to some music, do some stuff for yourself. That's just for you. That's not, I'm doing this because it benefits somebody else. So. Yeah. I want to add to that affirmations. Mm -hmm. I love affirmations. And one thing that I always say to myself um, when I wake up in the morning, you hear me, sorry, I'm like talking to you, but I'm also trying to change this TikTok live. One thing that I always say to myself is I just look at my mirror and I'm like, okay, girl, you look good. And then I I say, um, thank you to my body. You know, just in a practice of just being grateful for this body that mm-hmm. has made so many things possible yeah. for me and brought things through me. Just a little bit of gratitude. And I hate to do this because I know that you are super involved and invested in this episode, but (laughs) that's the end of part one. Wasn't that a great conversation? If you really enjoy talking with Dr. Kia James, she is, I mean, she's hilarious. She is very informative and very knowledgeable. She's excellent. You can follow her on Instagram at relationship boosters at relationship underscore boosters, B-O-O-S-T-E-R-S on Instagram. And that is her group. You can also find them on relationshipboosters.com and you will see her in a section on the Lady Parts Doctor website under the about section or under the contact section um, where I have all of the podcast guests. You will also be able to find Dr. Kia James. I hope that you enjoyed this episode again. Please, if you did, go leave a review and let leave a comment to just help be a beacon in the midst of all of the podcasts out there so our listeners know that we are here and we are having the conversations that they want to have. Make sure to connect with me. Again, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at LadyPartsDoc, and you can always email me, drhack, D-R-H-A-C-K at gmail.com. You know, I love to hear from you. I, I really love to hear from you. And if you have comments, stories, if you have ideas for future episodes, that's great. I have a lot of things that I want to talk about, and your feedback is very important to me. And next week, I will be sitting down with cardiologist Dr. Amber Johnson to have a conversation about women's heart health at every age. It's a conversation that you don't want to miss because we are talking about all the things that you want to know to live your healthiest, to meet your 2024 and beyond mission of being healthy.
We have courses coming. This episode will eventually be able to, you'll be able to see it on YouTube. Like we're, we're posting all the things, but I hope you have a wonderful week. Oh, I almost forgot your affirmation. We are going to stay right on subject here, right on topic. And today's affirmation is I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy to be loved. (laughs) Let's do that one more time. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy to be loved. Okay. Like the first couple of worthies are just, you know, I am worthy. I am worthy, but also I am also worthy to be loved until next time. Mm -hmm.